Hey guys, what's happening? What's going on? Welcome to the show. Welcome to Wednesday night, season four, episode three of the hundred. We're back. We're talking about the things. We're talking about the episode, the four horsemen. It has nothing to do with X-Men Apocalypse. We're going to break down the whole thing for you guys. We'll see you in just one second. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Oh, this episode's good, bad, and ugly, apparently. I know, and actually, that was exactly how the episode yeah. kind of was. <laughs> I love it. Hats off to Big Mark Donica for throwing up the song. Thank Mark, you. how are you? Love this crew, miss it, happy to be back on The 100. Yay! Thanks, man, I'm happy to have you. Welcome, guys, welcome to the After Buzz Show. This is The 100. We're back in Season 4, Episode 3, The Four Horsemen. Uh, we're really hitting our stride now, now that we're back in studio oh, doing the thing. I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is After Buzz TV. We do after shows for all the best shows on TV. Uh, you can find it for every good TV show. There's a, a better after show. You know, I never actually entirely, like, agreed with that. Because I think the after shows are great. But it's like, come on. Like, the best shows ever. Like, how could you say that the after show for Breaking Bad or, or The Walking Dead is better than the show, right? I mean, I think that because I mean, we're, we're super fans, it, it could be better than the show. I think you can pit a fantastic after show together. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Like, I think we do a great job. But, like... It's just hard. It's hard, you know, yeah. to rank the after show no, in the statement. I so. understand. No, yeah. no. Anyway, sense. now that's out of the way, guys. <laughs> Welcome to the show. This is After Buzz TV. We're going to do the after show for the 100 now. Uh, this is season four, episode three, The Four Horsemen. I'm your host, Ben Bateman, joined today by the other host on the other side of the table, Alexis Torres. Hi, guys. Uh, you can find me all over social media at Torres 890 and I actually really liked this episode. Because, I thought it was a really good episode. Dear God, there's a lot, of de- a lot of death is what I needed. Well, I mean, that sounds terrible, but like in the show, it was really nice and the fact of just seeing more badassery from ladies yeah. all over the place it was great. Absolutely, guys. You can find me at Ben Bateman Media, uh, Twitter and Instagram if you want to follow along, share your thoughts. Do it. Um, there's a lot going on right now. It's starting to it's starting to come together. I was, I thought the first two episodes together. were good, but this episode was jam-packed. I actually really liked this one. I thought there was a lot of really cool stuff going on. And uh, one thing I started to wonder in this episode is, I wonder if anybody's kept a kept a death count, a body count in this show at this point. I think so. I think there's like a Tumblr uh, page or something like that. I think I, I happened onto that actually kept count of how many deaths we've had deaths we've had so far. Because there's on screen deaths, there's off screen deaths, but then you also have like the entire the army, yeah. and you have like the culling, and you have all these like big group deaths and, and the grounder war in the first season so I I would love if anybody actually knows they should put it in the comments or send us through Twitter because I want to know but I believe I believe I saw somebody who actually calibrated yeah. all of them yeah so I think that would be awesome so guys uh, we're going to jump straight into things here this uh, you know and, and I, I hate to do this because there's so much more going on in the show than ships there just really is it's not really about the ships but there was one really interesting scene in this episode that Ooh. I know you and I both felt. Okay. In a big way. Okay. And it was the final scene in the episode. Oh, with and I uh, want, Bellamy and Clark? And I want to just jump right out there sure, with it. because sure, it's sure. The, Get it's into the, that lighthouse. Do it. It's the last thing we saw. Yeah. Now, it's interesting. She's sitting there making the list of the hundred people that they're going to save. I'm sorry. That's too much pressure for yeah. anybody. And she can't put her name down. She's, gonna, she's number 100. She's staring at that hundredth spot. And... Bellamy is like looks at her and he stands up and I don't know about you but before he even walked over and put his hand on her shoulder I could already tell the vibe. Yeah. Right? Yeah, cuz he was like put your name down and she was like I can't do it and before he's he like, even talked. I'm oh, telling really? you just him walking towards really? her. Really? I didn't feel that until he actually said the words like put it down or I will. Right. Like I I mean I know that their connection is very strong. I've always known that. It just 
when he said those words, I felt that, oh, okay, right. All right. That and, was that was there. And then there's the hand on mm-hmm. the hand. Yeah. And, she's, and, and granted, like, I'm not saying that Bell Arc is a thing that's going to happen. I've said before that I, I sort of would like if it never did on this show. Sure. It, it would feel like those two characters had, I like their identities not being romantically involved. And also with Clark's former relationship, I just... If it happens, it'll happen. We'll see what happens to the show. But I wouldn't prefer it. But I did feel like they were dropping a few hints tonight. And the other one being, of course, in the conversation with Jaha, um, he says, you keep her centered. And then Bellamy's like, you got it the other way around. Mm-hmm. And I thought the idea, you know, that she keeps him centered. It's like they're a duo. Yeah, I felt like there was a lot of poking the Bellark bear is what I call it, where yeah. we, we have little hints of, like, you know, you guys uh, should be together. And we see that you guys really are sympathetic. Uh, yeah. But, like... I mean, I'm kind of on the same boat where I'm like, if it'll happen, it'll happen. I will be happy either mm. way, whether she's with somebody new or when she was with Lex. Well, I mean, I, I loved the Lexa, the Klexa yep. thing. But, like, uh, love. I'm sorry. It wasn't a thing. Um, but, like, <laughs> it, I, it's weird because it's kind of like the Ross and Rachel thing where it's like, will they, won't they? Right, you right. never know. And so, to me, the chase mm. is enough for me. So, if it does happen... Again, I will be applauding, and it will be amazing. But if it doesn't happen, I'll be like, ooh, so close, for, you know? For the record, I'm going through all of Friends right now. I've never watched the whole show. Oh, yeah, because Roxy. I've watched, like, you know, 50 <laughs> episodes here and there on syndicated TV, but yeah, I'm actually but, but episode by episode now. But that's pretty much what it is yeah. for the entire 10 seasons that they had, yeah. is yep. that there's a lot of will they, won't they. They did get together, and they broke up. It was They were on a break, and right, then you come yeah. back. So, like, for me, I mean, again, I'm sorry, Bellark Shippers, you can crucify me if you want. I... I don't. They they are good together, but I again I'm more interested in the the tease of it than actually them being together. But again, if it did happen, I'd be like, woo! Throw all the confetti, you know. Well, here's the question I have. So there's actually been there's been a lot of information put out there by various people involved with the show, whether it's Jason Rothenberg or cast members, writers, mm-hmm. um, and over the couple of years, there's been conflicting information. No confirmation, but suggestions. At one point, Bellark's never going to happen. There's still people that think it's going to. Um, I kind of feel this way about it. Like, the biggest audience for this show, the mm-hmm. most passionate, craziest audience, I think was the Klexa audience. Yeah. It seems Go that Klexa. way. Yeah, and we're big fans of Klexa. But also, that audience now, I think, has largely moved away from the show. Yeah. So you wonder, creatively, if they sort of looked at that and said, okay, maybe the plan wasn't to have Bellark happen. But now the other largest ship on the show that we get hit up about all the time is Bellark. Yeah. So maybe... And I don't think they're writing the show for the fans. I don't think they're doing that, like, listening... But in their minds, maybe like, well, if that was one option was to have it end that way, and the other was wasn't, maybe they're moving towards it now because they sort of see there's going to be one or two more seasons of the show, and that would be the way they want to wrap it up. I really don't know. I mean, it's totally up to the writers at this point. Um, you know, all we can do is is hope and plead, depending on what direction that you want to go in. And I'm just kind of just in for the ride at this yeah. point. I'm not. I don't have many expectations. I just want to. I really. I'm actually more intrigued to see since this is very Game of Thrones. Esque that we lose a lot of characters, but we also get a lot of new characters, which we'll get into, you know, past yep. the lighthouse. But like a lot of the newer characters that have been introduced, now we have two more that were introduced today. That I'm really excited to. Hopefully, if they are a one-time, you know, one-stop yeah. shop, then sure, whatever. But it was cool to see them, so I like to see what they do with with minor characters. Like technically, like with Harper, I didn't think she was going to last this long, no. and now she's here. Yeah, you know, doing awesome stuff. So I don't know if, if we're going to get another Harper or if we're going to just have people and then like same thing with luna we knew she was a major key last season and yeah. then she disappeared for a little bit because she was like no and now yeah. she's back so like it's yeah i feel like 
my whole inter- interpretation of the hundred and why I love to watch it, besides you know being like who's gonna you know love each other, um, is to see how the writers mold these characters into their lives and intertwine them. You know, absolutely. So moving away from the romance aspect of the show and into the actual plot, um, you mentioned Luna, and and I, I think did. I want to start with that. So Luna shows up with a couple people, uh, people we the, the the guy we've seen before from previous seasons, Nico. Uh, and also a, a kid, uh, looks like Adira, or... I, I didn't know. I, I, I was like, I was watching, uh, but the, obviously she's a character that will not be relevant after this episode, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunate. And there's radiation poisoning going on. And we've seen this, yeah. we've seen this building, and we knew that this was possibly coming sooner than we thought, but uh, there's a whole entire conversation between Raven and Abby about the medicine that's going to be used to treat these people, and will it work, and... Abby's like, if we can even save one life, we're not wasting it. Long story short, after Murphy steals the medicine to get back in Abby's good graces, we end up finding out that Luna, because she's a nightblood, is naturally rejecting the radiation poisoning. I mean, it kind of makes sense just because of the fact that her blood is even a different color at this point in time. So in my brain, I was thinking, even though Luna, as, as the episode was progressing, I'm noticing she's not having symptoms as much as she did when she first got there. Yeah. Like, clearly, when we when we saw her when she got in, she was throwing up, and it was just, she was coughing and wheezing. But as, like, you started to see, like, more bodies were being kind of folded over so that you knew that they were dead, she looked like she was getting better. Yeah. And then at the very end, also, I don't know if I was just just completely blind or I was looking at my phone or something, but when Clark was like, Luna? I was like, weren't you there when we first talked because weren't you sitting standing right behind abby well i think the deal was uh she was but i think the deal was that luna was up and on her feet and so and because she was okay so she was saying luna as in like why are you moving like kind of thing kind of like you're moving pretty gingerly and you seem to be like standing up like you couldn't even move or get out of bed okay i was so confused because i was like why is she saying luna like she's never seen her before we just saw her like a few few minutes minutes ago ago. yeah i had the same thought i was confused but i think that's what's going on so i guys so i really like that uh that luna's back in the in the in the fold now i really liked luna last season i liked her episodes a lot she's a badass Mm -hmm. um i was happy to hear that she was coming back in the off season when they announced it and uh and yes she's back so that's going to be an important plot point now Mm -hmm. that we we still do have the flame despite uh you know uh, what's it uh stories of my demise have been greatly exaggerated what's the what's the quote that i'm I can't remember off the top of my head right now. It's Do- late. <laughs> Donica, what's that quote that I'm looking for? I'm uh, on it. Story, okay. uh, t- the writings of my demise have been greatly exaggerated. It's like a super famous like Mark Twain quote, I think. I'm, uh, yeah, it's too late for me right now. I'm like, I don't even know. I've been up since five. So I'm like, I know what you're talking about, but I don't know it word for word. Ah! That's the one, yes. Thank you, Mark. You're so knowledgeable. Yes, that's the one. So uh, anyway, as we continue to move through, we have we have the Luna storyline going on yeah. on the one hand. Yeah. We've got Murphy. And I'm so his... glad. That, I mean, he was back in the first episode, but I was so happy to see his You love his Richard face. I do. And I love that his character has gone through so much crap. <laughs> like, technically, Octavia has gone through the largest arc, I think, not to be punny there, but like in her own way as a character. Yeah. I think also Murphy has also gone through a lot of ups and downs in his life where he was like... The, the, you know, the, the butthole, and then he went from being, like, the hero, and then back to being a butthole, and then back to being the hero. Like, he's just, it's been so much happening, and also he's just been through a lot. Yep. Especially when he had to deal with being kind of, like, uh, not a slave, perhaps, but, like, pretty much just being imprisoned by, uh... Yeah. Antari. Antari. I was going to say Anari, and I was like, that's incorrect. You were going to say Amori, because for, I think the same reason I get, I mix the two names yeah. of Amori and Antari all the yeah. time. Yeah, so, I mean, one, I'm very happy that they're together, and they look like they're very happy, even though, obviously, the demise is coming yep. very shortly. Um, but I love that this, 
he still shows his signs of of compassion and things like we definitely saw in this episode. Right. So I'm always up for Richard Harmon anything at this point because it's awesome. Also because Kane wasn't in this episode, so he's my second. Yeah, right. <laughs> we missed the Kane beard. Yeah. That's a shame. What if Richard Harmon grew a beard? Would you like lose your mind? I don't know because it's so funny because I'm like not into facial hair, but I don't know. Kane can pull it off just fine. I don't know if Richard Harmon can can pull off a beard. I'd have to see. Yeah. So uh, Richard Harmon's back, uh, better known as Murphy, and yeah. uh, he goes to like steal a bunch of dried meats and things like that, and then he overhears that the world's ending and uh, decides that you know he needs to get on Abby's good side. So he kind of pulls that move, goes back to find Amori. And uh, convinces her, and oh yeah, and Maury gives him some sass early in the episode about Antares. She's like, "What? What'd you have to do?" And he's like, I "Wasn't mean... wasn't all bad? How was the sex, John? How was the sex?" <laughs> and he's like, "And he's like, God, like, come on! I had to do what I had to do to survive." I, you know, something I thought was interesting. Do you yeah. remember? There was a lot of discussion with oh, that episode. Yeah, we decided that we were going to try to stay away from it at the time because we were like, we don't want to make anybody, you know, well, uncomfortable. Yes, discussions discussions of consent or lack thereof on television are really, really murky. And especially in this situation because he's a male character who is essentially being taken advantage of, which is less common on TV. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, it was a situation of survival, like he said, where he kind of was forced to... Mm-hmm. Survive, I yeah, guess. Yeah, it was like forced consent. That's right. pretty much what it was. I mean, again, he still technically gave it, but obviously he didn't have a choice in that matter, and it sucked. So, I mean, again, it's... But, like, yeah. And I feel like he repeated that quite often so that we would get into our heads like, hey, Amori, like, understand that even though I did it, I didn't enjoy it. Right. He, so he, he says verbatim tonight, I didn't have a choice multiple times. And yeah. that's... I think that's a really interesting nod to that situation because at the time when the conversation was happening and it was happening in real time, it was like, we didn't really want to talk about it too much on here, but it yeah. does acknowledge again that that was 100% not a consensual situation. No, 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 no. It was yeah. very forced. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Murphy got the short end of the stick in that yeah. situation in a big way. Um, mm, oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of basically what we got out of Amori and Murphy. They are now going to go to the Ark and try to become one of the 100 people, in theory, that are going to be safe. If there isn't some crazy shenanigans like let's make a vaccine from oh I already knew I was like we're gonna be blood, we're blood. gonna be Mount Weather all over again where we were draining grounders for their blood so that we can survive I was like well we're doing this again yeah something. I mean again this might be a little bit different because we don't actually at one point grounder blood was just grounder blood yeah this is night blood we don't really know enough it's a lot of power it's a lot of power yeah because i mean we've tried it before and there have been there have been consequences of it in last season i believe with uh yes and so it's gonna be it's gonna be weird because i don't know how they're gonna i don't know how they're gonna do this if they're gonna figure out a way to be able to give it to other people or if people more people are going to die from it like it i feel like the experimentations are gonna be very interesting yeah i agree yeah um so we had that going on we also met younger cousin to kelly ripa sky ripa also known as uh <laughs> just kidding i liked joke. that that was terrible but i loved it uh also known as death from above dude what a is, great name dude I, I have to say it every week but it's like can you make octavia any cooler than she already is she yeah. just gets cooler and cooler and cooler <laughs> and just unbelievable and i gotta tell you so if you guys don't know much about Marie, she's... So I got to interview for about 10 minutes at Comic-Con. Yes, I remember. Um, and the conversation was... We talked a bit about the 100, and but she was like, I don't really use social media. I don't really mm-hmm. use electronics. I like kind of just got, got in the woods. She was like, 
Yeah, I mean, I like watch old Disney movies. Um, she was like, I'm a big fan of Mulan. Yeah, she is. And that's she was, and that was like pretty much the gist of the conversation. I was like, wow, you are so totally and completely not Hollywood. Yeah. You are like the least Hollywood person I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that she's like a grounder princess badass now kind of <laughs> makes me feel like, yeah, it was like a perfect character for her. Yeah, I think, like I said, like I feel like her, there's so many other great characters, but I feel like because of from what we saw from season one, to now she she has grown quite a bit writing wise and story wise as her character especially to the fact that like i get amazed every time when she takes off her jacket like you can see all the grounder tattoos the yeah. tribal tattoos and like how she's but also the fact that she's still very respectful too because remember she wasn't respectful to authority at all indra broke her down piece by piece by piece and yeah. now she's like indra what do you want me to do yeah. i don't want to kill your daughter but i also have to because i also gotta like but i'll protect you and your family a, yeah like she's like kind of in my brain she's more of like a, a tribal fixer kind of like uh the carrie washington's character in scandal like she okay. fixes she knows that it can be terrible and she's done terrible things but she knows that it'll fix the problem and so i like that she is a strong that strong female character where we can get that she understands that there's consequences but she's also thinking of the big picture like there's a lot were to you work with. at all surprised that she didn't just go for the kill with gaia indra's daughter who we just met or yes you... well because of the fact one it is indra's daughter so i don't think she feels comfortable even closely to be like i'm gonna murder her and i'm gonna let you watch um and the fact that she also has a heart to a point where she's like I will kill you if you don't give me what I want, but I am going to give you a chance because right. she's also not like Bell- like bad Bellamy, as I like to call it in the second in last season, where he's just like, I'm just going to kill people because I'm upset. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I'm happy that she was able to decipher what to do and what to not and not to do. And the fact that she decided to take a looter and kill him instead. Yeah, definitely. You know? Just ruthlessly, of course. Yeah, which is great because it's it's what we needed. Right, so she gets sent on this mission from Prince Rowan, who's just like, my guards won't leave me, and yeah. I know that you're a savage now, so, uh, you know, now that you're, now that you're Sky Ripa, you gotta go and do this for me, and so mm-hmm. she, she tracks down Gaia, she finds her, and we find out the Gaia is Indra's daughter, and Gaia's kinda sweet. Dude, Gaia's pretty awesome. She's a good I character. Love, I love the braids in her hair, like, yeah. it's just, it's... Phenomenal. And also, everybody knows if you guys follow any of my social media or any of like the other shows that I do, I'm all about more black ladies just kicking ass, you know? Something I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. So she left home uh, at some point, and Indra said to her, don't throw your life away. They repeat this in the episode. Mm-hmm. So she hasn't been training with Indra for a long time, or at least mm-hmm. a while. But Octavia's been training with Indra for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked that like Octavia was able to get the better of Gaia. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, you stayed with the trainer. So, like, Gaia's got some moves, and she's like, nice moves. I, I know them well. I know. And in my brain, I was like, that was the first flag where I was like, oh, she must be Indra's daughter because she literally yeah. was like, I know them well. I'm like, well, clearly you're either her daughter or you were her apprentice at one point. Right. So. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was really, like I said, like, I'm really glad that we got a new character who is also very passionate in her faith, but plus she also understands that, you know, she has a mission to do, which was to keep the flame alive, even though she was stealing it from a red-blooded prince or red king. red-blooded prince. Yeah, I yeah. loved that, and that was really cool. And I, again, I loved the dialogue for her. Again, I don't know if we're going to see Gaia again, which I'm hoping we will. Yep. Um, but I love that we got to see Indra also be another motherly figure to somebody else that wasn't technically Octavia. Like, yeah. you got to see a little bit of a softer side from her, which was awesome. I mean, there was still disappointment and stern 
talks to her, but at the same time, she was like, I also care about you. You technically left on your own, but, like, I still care about you, and I hope that you understand what's happening. I also, yeah, I liked that there was that moment when she's like, looks like you found your daughter. So it was like, kind of like, oh, you never loved me that much anyway. Yeah, I liked that whole fact of just like, oh, I think you found your perfect daughter, and I'm definitely, it's definitely not me. And I was like, oof, burn. Um, but, like... Again, it was just really nice. Also, I'm, I didn't mention earlier, this is just more for me in that style. I love that um, uh, Octavia's got, like, Padme hair now. <laughs> like, it looks great. I, like, I just wanted to throw that out there, that I love that they're messing with her hair more often. Yeah. I know that it's, like, not super important. It's just the Star Wars nerd in me was like, right. look at that Padme hair. Right. So, yeah. That's pretty sweet. Sorry. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> it was... It's just it was nice to see all three of them again, especially because we we haven't seen Indra in a while. Yeah. So I'm hoping that we'll see more of her as the as the uh, this, the episodes progress. You know. I'm, I'm glad you know I'm glad they haven't killed a lot of the really cool secondary characters on this show. Mm-hmm. The ones that it seemed like at one time or another were going to be dead. I'm actually surprised they haven't killed more um, because there was a bunch of situations over a couple seasons where like characters seemed like they should have been dead. Kane should have been dead at one point. Yeah. Indra definitely should have been dead at one point. Yep. Um, and so it's nice to see if some of those characters stick around. Rowan should have been dead at one point. I mean, I feel like he's just messing up all over the place. Like, the fact that Indra was giving him crap about leaving the flame just out and about. Yeah. And I was like, you should probably protect that more. Did you think at all there was even a chance in the looter scene? Like, because we, we get the cutaway and then the cut back and, and they smash the flame. Did you think that even for a second that it was the real flame? No. You didn't? As soon The fact that they did a close-up shot of her necklace and then did it again... Uh, I was just like, they're going to switch it. They're going to have to, because there's no way they would actually kill the actual flame. I mean, if they did, I mean, that's fine, because I would love to see what they would do after that. Right. But from the reaction that we got from Rowan, where he just threw in the fire, was like, well, it looks like we're just going to have to be careful. I was like, what's the point? <laughs> I kind of thought it was the actual flame, to be honest. Really? Yeah, yeah but in the, ga- in the Game of Thrones style of anything can happen on this show... Like, they build the stakes, and they build the stakes, and they build the stakes. Like, it's all so important. And then they, like, mm. smash the flame. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. I mean, like, I maybe... feel like I feel like if they were going to do that, they shouldn't have shown that she was wearing a copy necklace of it. Yeah, yeah, it's true. If it's... they didn't do that, I would have been like, yeah, that's the flame, and we're, we're screwed. Yeah, but... I guess they didn't want it to be too big of a distraction, so they just decided to give us the reveal pretty quickly. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, so now Octavia's gone to see Rowan, and he's like, uh, what happened? So Octavia lies, and she's like, I found this looter. He had um, it. Yep, and uh, and Rowan, I can't tell if Rowan believes her or not. I was, I sort of think that he knows she's full of it. I kind of just had the just suspicion. But uh, I think my favorite thing about that scene is that, so Octavia's like, people fell in line behind the sword before, or people fell in line behind the flame before. Hopefully now they'll fall in line behind the sword. Mm-hmm. And Rowan's like, get out. <laughs> and like, what I loved about that is like, she's a she's like a murderer, like an assassin now. Um, Sky Rip, a death from above. She's like, she's like become the like most badass, but also like just like despicable in some people's eyes because mm-hmm. she's a murderer. Yeah. And the way Rowan said it, like get out, was kind of like we've done the deed. Now get out of my hotel room, kind of thing. <laughs> I want nothing to do with you. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, no, I get that. Um, it's just, it's just. In, I want to see if. If their their partnership, like, is he actually going to trust her completely? I mean, obviously he trusts her to get the deed done. Yeah. But I want to see if he's going to give her more tasks besides just assassinating people. Totally. I just like that it's like she's become so, like, grimy and dirty in the way that she handles her business that it's like, 
even even the prince is just like, get out of my room. Yeah, no, I think it was great, and especially because he even brought it up to Indra. He's like, you've raised a mo- you know, you've raised a monster or a murderer or a killer, and I was just like, that's weird coming from you, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, it's pretty cool. Just a little bit, but like, it also just really shows that she is just complete one eighty yeah. her life. And Big it's time. Awesome. Big time. Yeah. So uh, back at the Ark, we have a mission that is launched when Jaha decides to take a rover. He's going to go try to track down. And this plotline is a little <sighs> weird, Jaha. I thought. Yeah. Jaha, the like the like ever alive apostle, my man, who uh, decides to take a rover and Clark and Bellamy go with him to go find this bunker that comes from this like conspiracy theorist, uh, like Armageddon predictor dude who they had like video on an iPad from. I just, I'm just really curious for you guys, the fans and, and viewers and supporters of the, of this, of this show and the after show. I just want to know if you guys can tell me if you think that those are like, do they have their own Wi-Fi? Do you think that these iPads already had this information on there? Is there like a virtual library that like they're able to look through? Cause clearly there has to be books for like Raven to look at and stuff. So I don't know if there's like like Kindle stuff where they can actually use the internet because in my brain I'm thought um, that in order to get Wi-Fi you need certain types of towers but this is also in the future so you never know like it's it was a weird thing. So the thing that they're watching is Second Dawn by, with the speaker is Bill Cadigan. And Bill Cadigan, like, had this bunker, and they said that he was beaten by his dad. You know, that's how he learned to hunt or whatever in these woods. And that he sold off all of his company's assets in mm-hmm. the weeks before the, you know, Armageddon. Yeah. And uh, so they go to find his house. And one of the things that they use for reference is this iPad. It's not really an iPad, but it's, like, some sort of tablet. Mm-hmm. And I... They showed it a couple times. The writers on the show are far too smart to just give us a device with no justification. So yeah. the justification's missing. We haven't gotten it. But there's some reason they have that yeah. that we're missing. And I feel bad because I feel like a complete dummy because I'm like, I feel like I don't understand how iPads work. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm, I, I was thinking that maybe the tablet had the stuff already in it. Right. You know, like maybe sure. it already had the articles or the video. Cause I mean, you can do that and you're able to look at video without Wi-Fi or 4G or 5G or whatever the hell you want to call it. But I just, I just didn't know how that worked. Cause like I said, they could have had a virtual library where they could take a piece of an iPad that's actually a Kindle and read through it, and it shows you all the virtual. I would stuff. expect it's not connected to the internet. I think those are probably videos that are that yeah that are, are stored. But the question is how they found them and where that came from. I'm assuming because they're using parts of the ship, it's just in the ship somewhere. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that there's like like I said, like there's just a library of stuff. Maybe so. Maybe that's like information that was stored on the Ark. Is what you're thinking? Yeah, because I mean, Jaha seems like the type of person that would try to take everything probably before Armageddon just to have record of what happened. Sure. So maybe that's where that came from. Is that it was just one of those things that were like, oh. Can Conspiracy theorist about our, you know, we'll just put that in the library also just because yeah. just we'll yeah. learn a lot from him. Interesting. And it seems like he read about everything. Yeah. You know, so it seems like maybe if it wasn't before uh, they fell back on Earth, that maybe he's he was just reading. Right. Like all this history about, you know, what happened before Armageddon. Sure. So again, that's just, this is just me because I, I wasn't, I, I wasn't thinking completely. I was like, how? How do these machines work? Um, but I, I, I definitely agree with everyone in the chat that they, they think that it was already stored or downloaded into the tablet itself. Uh, Brittany Warren in the chat was like, it's probably already downloaded to the iPad. If all these videos and stuff already downloaded directly to iPad, you can play slash read it, even if you don't have internet connection, which you're correct. Uh, Carolyn, uh, Caroline or Carolyn, I'm sorry if I said it wrong. Uh, maybe it was stored onto the tablet. You know, uh, there would be no internet or Wi-Fi, so I don't think so. 
they were in the rovers so maybe the rovers like those cars sure. that we have now that do have wi-fi you never know um mj in the chat says i think that the computer the computer in arcadia has wiki set up in in the town it'll probably it was just from an archive from the arc that's what i was thinking too. yeah so yeah. i think that's i think that's why i asked because i was like i don't know yeah what, where it could come from but in my brain i was thinking that it had to be stored somewhere so for sure so yeah. Just before they set off on this journey to go to find uh, Bill Cadigan's stuff, um, Raven gets in this argument, and the one thing that we should note is that she definitely is having like a tough time. So she's be- her mind has become the Matrix. She's like, yeah. she's like a brilliant programmer, a hacker. She can like do crazy math now. She's like, she's just become even more brilliant than she already was. And I think that's why she's so agitated is because the fact that she's so she's she has numbers. Yeah flying around her head she's thinking about we have six months we have six months we have nine months or whatever and we are just that's what we're doing and now that we we've done you know now that we have these sick people and we're doing tests on them and stuff we only have two months right like it's she's constantly thinking of the of the the statistics of everything right and so i think that's why i was wondering why she didn't feel human to me for a while and i was yeah. like why is she feel like this and i was like oh duh because she's her brain is pretty much a computer at this point in time. One of the things that I really like is that they've made it clear with both Jasper and uh, Raven that people that went to the City of Light that then recovered from it mm-hmm. are changed forever. Yeah. They didn't just come back. It wasn't just like, oh, this was a season three plot point and now the season three is over. They just get to be their regular characters again. Mm-hmm. It's the same way that like Raven is crippled from the early season. Well, Raven's mind is crazy now from the yeah. earlier season. I think that's important that they give those characters those those scars, essentially. Whether, I mean, the scar in her case makes her a genius, but, um, you know, she's still yeah. just, she's like a little too exact with her thought process. And so she, you know, she sees the errors of her ways, I guess, and has a tear. Yeah. Well, no, I'm really glad because that's, that's what I'm saying. That I was like, I wonder how long we're going to keep up this... Uh, agitated Raven because the fact that usually she's very compassionate and also very driven as well. So in my brain, I was thinking, well, one, she's stressed out because she has a lot to think about. Two, I keep forgetting that she pretty much has literally every number that could be going through her head thinking about this terrible situation of, like, trying to ration Mm. off food and trying to figure out how to fix, you know, the ship and, like, you know, the fact that we can only keep it to 100 people. That's pressure for anybody. And again, we already knew that these guys are in their early 20s to young, you know, adult life um so the fact that when we have a jasper who's just completely in the boat of like live every day to you know to the fullest as much as you can and also just don't give a crap because we're gonna die anyway and then you have raven who's literally thinking about death the entire time right yeah she can't get it out of her head so the fact that she sat there and actually got to see a young girl die because she was refusing to give her medicine because she was thinking about the rations and the numbers that would break anybody, especially Raven, because she, I don't think she would be able to feel comfortable with a little girl dying because she just chose not to. So at the same Give time her. this is going on, we we take off in the rover with uh, Bellamy, Clark, mm-hmm. and Jaha to head over to find this bunker, and they find it. Um, and the bunker is, they're not sure if it's sealed or not, but there's an interesting couple conversations that happen there. You know, uh, Clark walks away, and, and Bellamy gets to talk to Jaha for a minute, and I liked their conversation here a lot. I thought that it gave us a little bit of exposition as far as like what's going on in Bellamy's head, what's going on in Jaha's head. How does Jaha feel about Bellamy? Is he manipulating him? But I didn't really think so. I, don't know. I think it's just the way I say a Washington uh, talk sometimes that it just sounds like he's manipulating everybody. But I think it's also just him giving advice because he's also been on both ends of the spectrum where he was being. Uh, he was a prisoner and he was also a ruler or I like, a leader. Yeah, he says to him, like, every, you know, 
you're still not okay with your decision to kill an army, but all the decisions you made for the, were for the good of your people. Um, and Bellamy, I like that he's just like, well, if you're wrong and you're there, I guess I'll see you in hell, basically. But it, but that was really great. Like, it gave me chills because it also shows that everybody, I mean, depending on if you're religious or not, that everybody sins in different ways. Yeah. Um, but obviously their sins, they have to atone for them eventually, which is the fact that they killed many people um, through decisions that they made for their own sake. Or, well, for the people's sake, but, you know, for their own decisions. Uh, but I also like that there was a bit of a, a pike poke in yeah. there as well in the in the in the in the rover yeah yeah um about the, the the fact of i can't remember the quote but it was about like leaders and choosing to you know yeah follow them no matter what and i was like oof. yeah Yikes. i think isaiah washington might be the best actor on the show to be honest i think he's pretty darn talented I, I i can't think of a lot of scenes that have like kept me as engaged as i think a lot of his scenes do well yeah because you're always trying to figure out like what what his angle is but at the same time his advice does make sense yeah even though his actions do not sometimes yeah his advice is very sound and and the way that he talks to you he may, you know the way he makes eye contact at bellamy during these scenes of just like i understand what you're going through and this is just something that we have to track together and he's like well great because if you're wrong we're just gonna end up in hell together yeah definitely definitely and he's just like all right <laughs> so uh they get there and this conversation happens they use the rover to pull the door open and they what's exposed are the minds of Moria. <laughs> so <laughs> ben and i are huge lord of the rings fans so when we when we got to see that bunker where it was just a bunch of skeletons and it it was weird because the red tint was from the flare but i couldn't see like completely inside it just looked like it was just like there might have been water in there but there was definitely like a lot of dead people a lot of skulls yeah and yeah and just the fact that immediately when that scene was over <laughs> ben was talking about the mines of moria and it was fantastic if you don't know what that is you should look it up yeah the mines of moria donica you know the mines of moria you know it well <gasps> yes yes um... <laughs> of course i know the mines of moria ah! oh that was good that was good mark if you're not if you have no idea let's say if you're living under a rock and you don't know what we're talking about we're talking about lord of the rings and this oh that scene gave me so many chills what's his cousin's name that he says they're gonna give him a royal welcome i don't i don't remember wasn't wasn't it one of the uh one of the uh the hobbit no i don't think so no it's like his cousin that he says you're gonna give him a royal welcome yeah because the guy in the hobbit was his father yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he right. even says, "That's my son, Gimli." <laughs> like, and we're like, "All right," um, but yeah, it was it was a very weird uh, uh, flashback to that. We both I was like, got the same huh. moment. Yeah, yeah. Totally. We both looked at each other. We're like, uh-huh. "You have to think." You have to think that like the people making the show probably had that same thought too. I, I tweeted at them. I was like, "Writers of the show, did you do this on purpose <laughs> to bring back flashbacks of Minds of Moria?" Because my, my my poor soul. <laughs> so it does seem like it's a dead end, though, and everybody's dead. It was not but, sealed. I mean, but that's the thing, is I don't know if it was sealed and they just ran out of food, or yeah. if it was from radiation. Like, I mean, I'm assuming there it was, but, like, I, I don't, we don't know. But it, clearly it's a bust, because they're like, we can't use this. We yeah. went back and we have nothing to use. So I don't know. I well, don't know what we're going to do. Maybe they'll explore it a little more, find something, I don't know. But, so that was basically where the episode oh, ended. So I think that pretty much wraps up everything that... Yeah, we happened. covered everything, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the whole episode. So should we maybe get into predictions? I'm down. And now, you're after Buzz TV. So a lot of people in the chat, before we continue, were talking about the bunker while yep. we were doing that, since there's a little bit of a, of a lag there, um, that MJ thinks the bunker, even though the, bu- the bunker did fail, so uh, they will at least have a pinpoint to the problem and maybe fix it. Uh, which I hope that would be nice. Uh, Michaela said that uh, Raven and Monty and Jaha could figure out how to seal it, possibly a little bit better than how they did. 
Um, uh, MJ thinks it could be structural ventilation or something completely different than what we actually know, just from the fact of just seeing all these dead bodies. Maybe we could do more research. Um, Caroline uh, thinks that maybe there was a leak in the bunker. Yeah. And then maybe radiation just kind of just kind of leaked in there over time. Um, but yeah, uh, but I do agree that I think that they gave, they, they kind of gave the bunker a little too early. I feel like we could have done more research, but maybe Jaha might go back. Yeah, and you'll just... well, I mean they're there, so like maybe they maybe they're gonna look around. They didn't they didn't leave right. The episode just ended with them in the bunker. No, 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 no. I think they went back to Arcadia. I think because wasn't. Um... Oh, that's when they see Luna. Yeah, because remember, oh, yeah, because yeah. I guess you're right. I guess yeah. you're right. So I guess they did. I mean, they could have left Jaha there and just been like, "You figure it out. We have to go back and figure out the list." Because clearly, she promised Raven if she if the bunker was a bust, I would make. She the had list. to make the list. Oh yeah, you're 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 dead right because she yeah. makes the list. So I yeah. don't know what I was thinking. So yeah. maybe, maybe we, they... were, we were sidetracked from that hand touch. Was what was happening. Well, also, <laughs> and the playback was yeah. screwy for us. Well, yeah, because we, our our DVR stopped at yeah, one point. So we we're like, where are we? Go back and watch again. Anyway, yeah. um, so I think as far as predictions go, on my end, I do think that we're gonna be we're gonna be trying to manufacture some sort of cure it. or something from Luna as the night blood. I think that that's that seems to be where we're going. There's just gonna be some cure that people talk about or think about based on that. Right. Um, that would be my first thought, and you know, I. It's a it's like a fifty one percent prediction, but I'm telling you, the vibe tonight made me feel like Bellark is coming at the end of this season. Somewhere in season four, it made me feel that that's what they're mm. going to do. I mean, bold prediction. Can't sir. say that I necessarily love it, but I kind of just feel like that's what they're going to do. I mean, if it happens, it happens. Yeah. I'm just gonna, as a very well known host here at AfterBuzz TV says when he talks about his shows, he's just gonna welcome them with open arms yes, and exactly. just let it happen. Um. For me, I definitely think they're going to go the Mount Weather route where they're going to try everything in their power to see if they can experiment with Nightblood. I think it's going to... Uh, uh, it's going to tamper with some stuff. It's going to cause some terrible things, maybe some really bad symptoms or or consequences for using it. I feel like uh, uh, Luna will be more... I mean, when they tell her what's going on, maybe she'll be more into the fact of giving her blood away, but she'll also talk about the fact that there's a reason why we were banished. Like, I feel like there's going to be a lot... Um, you know, um, I don't know if they're going to ever give her the flame. Mm. Maybe if the, fl- if she has the flame, maybe it'll be easier. Yeah. I don't know. Cause Michaela actually brought it up. Like, give her the flame. I'm like, maybe that could also help too. I have no idea. But if they give her the flame, what's going to happen? I mean, she just becomes the leader. It's not like she can save the world or like stop the radiation. Right. I mean, I don't think she can stop. I don't know. I mean, like, see, there's, that's the great thing about the season is that they opened up so many doors. Right. We, we can go in any direction and whatever the outcome is, whatever the outcome is. But I think... That at least for at least for the next few episodes are going to be experimenting with Nightblood and it's just not going to go well. You think it's going to be bad? Okay. Yeah. Got it. Cool. Yeah. I don't know. I'm excited. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to watch another recap of the hundred. We will be back same time, same place next week. Alexis, if the folks want to catch up with you and tweet at you, where can they find you? Um, you can find me all over social media: Twitter, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, all the stuff. YouTube at a torres eight nine zero. That's a t o r r s e. 890, I can't even say my own name, it's so late. Um, definitely catch me, I'm doing a lot of shows this year. I think I'm doing eight shows this wow. year. Yeah, this year, it's kind of insane. Voltron is ending soon, so definitely keep up with that. I do that with Mark Donica, who's also in the booth. Um, I'm doing Lethal Weapon, that's done in two weeks. Yeah, I don't know if you saw the show, but it's real good. Uh, if you're a Lethal Weapon fan, you'll like I it. Um, and, uh, let me see, Sensei is coming back in, in May. Uh, Into the Badlands comes back in March. There's a bunch of shows I'm doing, so just 
keep up with me there. You'll see everything. Cool. You guys can find me at Ben Bateman Media on Twitter and Instagram. I'm also doing Riverdale on Thursday nights and The Walking Dead on Sundays, as well as an action movie show called Action Movie Anatomy on Wednesdays on the Popcorn Talk Network that Alexis has been on before. We found the body count. It's a Wikipedia page. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for that. Uh, I just want, before we leave, that was from MJ uh, Grievous, who's also in the chat. She sent us the link. Oh, sweet. All okay. Right. Yeah. We're going to know the body count. We'll share with you guys next week. Yeah. Uh, bye, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Have a good night. Thanks, Mark. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 